0: Life is at stake, not only in the courts, but at the ballot box. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, we had a great decision on June 24, 2022 at the United States Supreme Court when the Dobbs decision overturned the 1973 Roe versus Wade decision and the 1992 Planned Parenthood versus Casey decisions. Amazing decision that was generations in the making and will have generational impact. But as we said back then, that the battle is now just beginning because that means that the battle is going to be very intense in Congress, and it's very intense right now because there's attempts to pass a federal law that would codify abortion even more liberal than Roe v.ersus Wade. And there's also battles on the state levels, and we're going to be talking about two different battles that are going on all around the concept, the idea of life, life in the womb. Are you going to protect it, or are you going to allow it to be killed? Liberty Council has filed a number of amicus briefs on behalf of Black and Hispanic organizations, the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, and the Frederick Douglass Foundation. We filed briefs similar to what we filed, but a shorter version at the United States Supreme Court. And that brief that we filed at the United States Supreme Court was cited in the Dobbs decision. And what this brief, Holly, talks about is that abortion has always disproportionately been targeted at impacting these minorities, particularly blacks and Hispanics, and that was the original design and is clearly still the design of Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood.
1: Yeah, I mean, you go and you see the majority of babies that are aborted are in black and Hispanic neighborhoods. In fact, in New York, there's more black babies aborted than are born. So Planned Parenthood doesn't use that in their marketing tools, but that was the primary purpose, starting back with Margaret Sanger. She wanted to eliminate what she called so-called weeds which she referred to as black and Hispanics minorities and that's what's been happening but it's interesting that um, you know Planned Parenthood doesn't doesn't talk about that
0: yeah, absolutely they it's clearly racist. have in their language undisputable information coming from Margaret Sanger about her racist eugenic viewpoints wanting to eliminate particularly the black population and other people that she considered human weeds so that in her, distorted Darwinian view that the human race could evolve to a better human race, a super race of basically northern white Europeans in her view.
1: But Planned Parenthood masquerades as this organization claiming to offer so-called women's health services services. To disadvantage women, but what they're actually offering is killing their children.
0: Well, our recent brief was filed at the Indiana Supreme Court on behalf of these two organizations. Uh, we've also filed in other courts as well, Kentucky as well as Oklahoma and uh, the Carolina. One of
1: Indiana, South Carolina,
0: South Carolina, Oklahoma. So we filed four. Where we've got other briefs that we will be filing in the near future mm-hmm. in defense of these cases because. What's happening is there are challenges that these abortion organizations, Planned Parenthood and others, have taken all the way up to their state supreme courts. And amazingly, they're already at these several state supreme courts. So the big issue is now at these state supreme courts, and God forbid that these state supreme courts go the way of the former U.S. Supreme Court in an activist role So that's what we are trying to do, is to protect human life from judicial activism at these courts. But also, we must do a better job, we, I say collectively, all people, uh, in the states of protecting unborn life. During the most recent midterm election, uh, there were five states that had abortion measures on the ballot. Three states uh, added abortion provisions to their constitution— And two states voted down measures that would restrict abortion. California voters approved Proposition 1, introduced by Gavin Newsom, the governor there, that explicitly protects abortion and contraceptive rights in the state constitution.
1: But you think a state constitution is to protect life, and now they're protecting killing children.
0: And Michigan, yes, did the same thing. Something similar, voters passed a ballot initiative to have abortion in the state constitution. Proposition three says that a woman has a right to make decisions, quote, about all matters relating to pregnancy, close quote, including contraception, fertility, abortion, and child care. They wanted to add some of these others to get a broader coalition together, but really their whole intent was protecting in the constitution the right to kill children. You know, that violates what we would call natural law. It would be like putting in the Constitution something that says you can murder somebody. That's part of the natural law. You just don't do that. That's part of something that has transcended time and cultures and geographies, that life is sacred. And to put this in the state Constitution by virtue of people voting is absolutely reprehensible. Vermont did something similar. Proposition or Proposal number 5, amazingly, it overwhelmingly passed by over 70% margin and it creates a constitutional right to, quote, personal reproductive autonomy, close quote, which means essentially abortion on demand. And then Kentucky had Amendment 2. That was defeated. That amendment would have amended the state constitution to explicitly state it does not, quote, secure or protect a right to abortion or require the funding of abortion, close quote. That failed to garner enough votes to pass. It was close, but it failed. And then in addition, voters in Montana, amazingly, voted against Legislative Referendum 131, which would essentially protect children that were born alive after failed abortions.
1: That's unbelievable. And it
0: would allow healthcare workers to face punishments if they didn't give them proper medical treatment after they're born alive. So this was a born-alive infant protection law. This wasn't an abortion per se law. This was if you intend an abortion, or you try an abortion, and the child is not dead, but it's alive, it's born alive, that any other situation where a child is born alive, you need to undertake medical treatment to be able to help that child. The child is no longer in the womb. The child is outside the womb. The child is sucking in air, just like anyone else, If they needed help, if they were in distress, the doctors, the hospitals, the healthcare workers would naturally provide assistance and care for it. If you have a child that's born alive, even though it was intended for an abortion, but now it's alive, you need to provide the same kind of help and care to that child as you would any other child that's born alive that was not intended for abortion. That failed.
1: That's hard to imagine. It just makes you want to weep, you know, Matt, to see that people would make these decisions about human beings, about children. No matter how old they are in the womb or whether they're born alive, they're human beings. They have separate DNA. And, you know, God says, do not murder. And you know he must weep to make these legislators are making these decisions.
0: You know, I think what we're going to see is— uh, these come back again and again. Right. We have to be vigilant both at the courts. We have to be vigilant in these referendum. There's a lot of money that was put in favor of these referendum by organizations that make their living, like Planned Parenthood and others. Lots of money thrown towards passing these abortion proposals or striking down or voting against the Kentucky and the Montana amendments. But we as a body, as a church, as right. believers, need to be speaking up on this. Right. Where are those voices in the pulpits? Right. You cannot say that you're going to remain silent any longer. It is past time that um, that excuse is not going to work you've got to get up and speak and we've got to pray
1: we have failed about this in in the church and even these Christian organizations some that you know I, I heard last night one that I was a part of will not speak about abortion we cannot be silent That is not an option.
0: No, silence is not an option, never has been an option. And we cannot allow this incredible opportunity of overturning Roe v. Wade. We've worked on this for decades, and now it's happened. We cannot allow that opportunity to just simply be stolen away and children continually slaughtered in these states. So we've got to push back, and we're fighting in the courts Uh, But we also must not give up. Let me just say this. Yes, it's discouraging that you had these five proposals on the ballot. Three of them put now abortion into their constitution, California, Michigan, and Vermont. Two of them are status quo. In fact, one of those, Kentucky is one of the places where we filed our amicus brief where it's being challenged at the Kentucky Supreme Court. The other one, Montana, no change there. But we must not give up. We must continually come back. We must educate. And the church must wake up. But this is by far the battle of our lifetime. For more information, visit Liberty Council's website, lc.org forward slash life. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.